the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Before we get started today, I'd like to ask that we keep all of those involved in the Covenant School shooting in Nashville in our prayers. Please pray for those who lost loved ones, for the staff and children of the school, for the first responders, and for the soul of the perpetrator of these heinous murders. May God have mercy on us all. Without a doubt, we live in a difficult world. There's so much pain and suffering all around us. As Christians, we have a God-given opportunity and responsibility to shine light and love in this darkness. The truth of the Bible guides and comforts us, helps us to be the people that God wants us to be, and also emboldens us to stand firm in faith with resolve and compassion. And today we're going to talk about what that means in a very real way. Spring has sprung. We're in a season of change and growth. And the starting place for any valuable change and growth is to do some soul-searching around the question, what is real? We have to put away our illusions, quiet the stories that we tell ourselves, and open ourselves up to a very honest dialogue. Only in that way will we generate meaningful change. To help us with that and to better understand what is real in our lives, in today's show, I'm going to ask you four questions. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to ask you to spend time with these questions truly reflecting on your personal answers. Next week, we'll talk about Easter and the hope we have in Jesus Christ, and then we'll begin a boot camp series where we'll go through a course of study that Christy and I have developed and presented in person to several groups seeking personal and professional development. We've received tremendously positive feedback with this boot camp program, and we'd like to share it with you. Our hope with these shows is to have a meaningful conversation over the next eight weeks, which will support genuine spiritual change and growth for all of us. 
bringing us even closer to Jesus and his unique plan for each of our lives. And we know that in this way, we will accomplish in this world what we must. The Bible reminds us, from whom much is given, much is expected, and from whom much is entrusted, even more will be asked. And so we're excited about this plan for spring, and we hope you'll join us for the entire program. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mandelow. And I am grateful to be your wedded wingman and grateful to be here and excited about upcoming boot camp. So hello, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, God. Friends, please pray with us. Heavenly Father, we ask you to grant us understanding, strength, and also compassion. Let us not be lost to the perspectives of this broken world. Let us not lean on our own understanding. In all things, Lord, help us to submit to you, to your word as written in the Bible, and to your ways as lived out by your Son, Jesus Christ. We know he is the expression of your unfailing love, the way, the truth, and the life. And so, Father, we ask you to help us to be strong, to be wise, and to speak the truth not as we see it, but as you have given it to us. Help us to be active and effective, each of us finding the place in your church where we have been made to contribute, according to our gifts, so that all we do will be glorifying unto you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you think about it, every politician runs on a platform of creating change. Yep. Uh, There was a presidential campaign a while back where the word was change, and the change turned out to be horrible. (laughs) I was going to say. So how much of that change is actually godly? And I'm trying to make the point that not all change is good. Yeah. Hitler ran for chancellor of Germany on the platform of change. Mao called for change in the communist revolution in China. Castro was about change in Cuba. By their example, we know that not all change is going to work out. So our goal as Christians, as we seek to generate godly change, both within us and around us, is to stay focused on Christ. In all we do, we strive to nurture genuine transformation through Jesus Christ. So we have to create and sustain change and ensure at every step and in every choice that we're focused on God. So a little bit about change. I looked it up today. It's defined as an act or instance of making or becoming different. Yeah, makes sense. What is change and what makes it happen? Christy's a perfect person to talk to. As a coach, she basically helps people to identify what needs to change in their lives for them to achieve the things they say they want to achieve. She helps them understand what they want to achieve, and then she helps them to get there. And I think it begs the question for all of us, how do we bring change to our lives? How do we create circumstances which nurture heavenly change? And what I've learned from Christy is step one is to ask, what is real? Yep, that's the starting place. Not the easiest place to start, but it is the starting place. Yeah, because we all have stories we tell ourselves. We live in illusion. Well, we, Yeah, we don't like to look in the mirror, so to speak. Yeah, I'll give you an example. I accepted Jesus in January of 2004. To be precise, January 10th, 2004, at the Cracker Barrel in Gary, Indiana, just down the road from where Michael Jackson was born. Hmm. Not that that's related. <laughs> and I have to be honest, I've been reading my Bible uh, a lot, but I don't think I changed the way I was living my life. Yeah. 
Uh, I tried to, I think, but I didn't totally understand that when you accept Jesus, everything is supposed to change. You're supposed to look at things differently. You're supposed to read the Bible and then say, yikes, uh, I'm doing this. I can't be doing this. Yeah, but Um, the reality is, I mean, that may be our ideal situation, but it more so is a process. I did the same thing when I accepted Christ. I put my hand on the Bible, looked up, and I said, okay, I'm done doing it my way. It's your time. I think the main thing that changed, I actually started listening to Christian music, not regular secular secular music, I guess you would and I distinguish guess- it. And then it's just been an evolution of today where uh, even my values have shifted to where faith is number one, whereas other values were number one before, right. and it's evolved over time. So let me just say, in the four questions that we're going to talk about, there is no judgment. It's a journey. We're all at a different place in the journey. But we got to get real, and we got to be asking where we are on the journey. Yeah. Because that determines uh, what the next steps are. And so uh, as we work towards question number one, I, I want to repeat a story that I've told you before, and it was just so amazing to me. Uh, I've told it to you before if you're a, a repeat listener, but... Uh, I'm in Afghanistan. It's 2010. We go out on patrols during the day. We come back from a patrol. The Marines go get uh, some kind of food. We sit in our little team area at plywood tables on these benches that we've made out of the pallets that the helicopters bring the water on. And we would clean weapons, and I would listen to the Marines talking. And I was kind of listening to make sure everybody was okay based on what we were doing and seeing And I heard a conversation between, I think it was a corporal and a lance corporal. So you're thinking like a 22-year-old and a 20-year-old. And the youngster said to the corporal, can you believe America's been at war for almost a decade? And this was in 2010. And the corporal looked at him and said, America's not at war. America's at the shopping mall. We're Mm. at war. Yeah. And I've told that story before. And I know Mike has a smile on his face because it's just so... It's so telling. It's so telling. Yeah. And so why do I bring that story up? I don't know. Why do you? Be- thank you for asking. <laughs> because are you supposed to say that? or oh, Anyway. I'm your wingman. Yeah, there I'm, you go. I'm helping you lead you by your side. Nice. <laughs> All right. So it brings us to our first question. And um, please don't, don't be defensive and... Uh, Don't try to have an answer before we're done, because I think we're all somewhere on a continuum uh, with uh, this question. So here it is. In your thinking, in your feeling, in your acting, in the things you prioritize and the things you value as husbands and wives, as parents, as workers, do you see yourself at the mall or do you see yourself as a warrior on the spiritual battlefield? So... As I ask that question, Christy, where are you? Well, I think I'd have to understand a little bit more. What do you mean exactly by at the mall? I mean, I guess, you know, you can go back to the story you told and you understand that, you know, here's this Marine talking about he's actually at war. America's not. They're at the shopping mall. But as it relates to our faith, what does that mean? Okay. Um if you, as you hear me asking that question, do you think uh, I'm being melodramatic? Uh, when you reflect on the state of the world and this nation uh, with the very serious issues we have and the forces which create and harvest these issues as part of their personal and political agenda, uh, 
do you spend your time, uh, money, and attention on the things of the world, on popular culture, on politics, on gossip about sports? Um, so what you're saying is I'm not focused on Are you God. more focused on golfing this weekend or are you focused on church? Right. That kind of question. Yeah. Where Faith-related or secular-related. Right. Okay. Are you kind of uh, more friends with the world than you are with God? I would guess, so going back to the question you asked me, what, where, does, where do I land with that? It kind of leaves me thinking that um, most people haven't thought about that question. Okay. So as we think about it, we think about in Afghanistan how uh, our everyday was about doing our mission and staying alive and taking care of each other and coming home. Yeah. And we turn on the TV here and we see school shootings We see uh, that abortion is celebrated. Here's one for you. The Department of Defense, which is supposed to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, has heard from the Supreme Court, which says Roe versus Wade is not going to happen. And so the Department of Defense is paying for service people to travel out of state to have abortions. Unbelievable. To me, that's as convoluted as I'll get out. So are you thinking about things like that? Do things like that strike you? And so let that sit with you for a little bit. I know it's a big concept, and we're going to come back to it. Stay with us. We'll talk more in the second segment. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. It's springtime. We're seeing all this beautiful growth and change and leaves coming out and flowers and this amazing sky and God's handiwork all around us. I love seeing the green pop out. That's amazing. And we're talking about change. And we're talking about the change that can only begin, the spiritual change that can only begin when we get honest about where we are. And we consider what is real. And so... I posed the question, um, are you at the shopping mall or are you a warrior on a spiritual battlefield? And Christy asked to clarify, and that's a fair request because it's a complex concept. Um, so we know Scripture tells us uh, resist evil. We tell, it tells us do not be conformed to the world. And so when I'm asking this question, which I genuinely want you to consider because If you see everything around you as happy, hunky-dory, everything is wonderful, then 
Um, I would have to ask, what of school shootings, which never used to be a thing and now happen monthly? What of um, this gender dysphoria? What of all of this transgender stuff? What of all of the normalization of all of the deviation that we see in society? And that's an aviation term where you start cutting corners repeatedly. And uh, the next thing you know, you're doing stuff you shouldn't be as though it was standard operating procedure. So as we try and explain that question, are you more worried about what God thinks and less worried about the world, what the world thinks, or are you more worried about what the world thinks? Yeah. Is, is that a good way to say that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So uh, take some time with that question, and we're going to come back to it. And it's also going to be the basis of the upcoming uh, about seven weeks, I think, because next week we're going to do a show about Easter. Talk and, about renewal and growth then. Right. And what we're hoping then is you just hear the heart and love of Christ and the opportunity that we have. And then you have reflected on these questions and you say, I'm ready to get in the fight. And I see what's going on. And I'm looking at the world through the lens of Scripture. And this can't be right. It can't be just. It can't be what God wants. And so I need to get serious because... What I do today is where my children will live tomorrow. And so we get to the second question, and it is this. Do you trust God's Word? Do you trust what the Bible says about Jesus, about those who believe and those who don't believe? Do you trust what it says about the difficult times in which we live? Here's why I ask this. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 4 say this. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And so... That kind of sort of uh, paints a very sad picture, and yet the sad picture that it paints, to me, seems very much about what the world really looks like right now, today. Yeah, of course. God breathed the Word, and he, He created the earth, so He knows the reality of our situation, and He knew that would be the case. But I think the thing that people may struggle with is... um, the word trust, <laughs> people have a hard time just trusting other people, but to trust something that is unseen. And and so really it's a choice to believe. And, you know, they, they say is believing is seeing, seeing is not believing. And even scripture speaks to that, um, that unbelief sometimes. And, and I'll be honest, there's been times it's, it's just hard to wrap your head around it all. And so I always go back to the verse, and I may not say it properly, but it's helped me in my unbelief. And and so obviously that's even in Scripture, that there there were people that struggled with the belief, and therefore I'm kind of tying belief to trust. But there will be moments where, you know, it's it's kind of hard to trust. But, you know, one of the things I think even Pastor Steve has said, go back and look at all the the mercy and the grace and blessings that God has bestowed upon you throughout your life. The, the You know, it's just how can you not trust him because he's always there? 
Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's easier to trust what you see, and it's hard to trust what you don't see. And when I look at the perversity of it, I think of everything that we see as a play that's being put on. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. And what's really uh, going on is what's behind the curtain. So I'm in the audience. I'm watching this play on a stage. Then there's this big curtain at the back of the stage, and God and the devil are behind that curtain. And the devil's trying to overcome uh, God's desires for us. And this play is being acted out. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a lot of the stuff that comes out of Washington, D.C., where it's just an <laughs> act. And you know it's an act, and you it's horrible, and there are very real consequences that affect very real people and create very real hardship. But at the same time, it's you know it's just like a game. Well, you often say you, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> yeah, and, and so— the reason why I asked that question, do you trust the word, is because the word covers it. The word says things are going to be so messed up. I have my Bible open to Romans chapter 1, and so I quoted before Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and Romans chapter 1 says something very similar. So right after it talks about how we all know God by what is seen and what's been created, and we all know about his nature, it then goes on to talk about these people who, though they know— still would rather do what they want to do. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. And it goes on to list a lot of those things. And so I'm asking, do you trust the word? Because it's kind of like in Jeremiah where the prophet Jeremiah is talking about how messed up things are. God, in chapter 3, is actually lamenting how gladly would he have given us the most amazing land, and he had hoped that we would call him Father and not turn away from following him. So that's a truth in the Bible. And then he says, "But but you turned your back on me. And then later in chapter 29, he says, For I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. So, friends, it's in the Scripture, it's in black and white, that we come to know Jesus Christ and that we come to know the heart of God as personified by Christ here on this planet in the flesh. And then we give ourselves over to that, but then sometimes we don't fully live out the Word. So, for example, we're in tax season right now. Everybody's doing taxes. And as we all, you know, try and work in the system, you remember what Jesus said, which is, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah. And so you say, okay, yikes. Uh, This isn't about the IRS. It isn't about the government. It's about me and Jesus. And he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and then go on with your life. Give to God what is God's. And so that's compelling. That's who you have to be. You don't have a choice. And so do you trust the word when it says the sins of the father will be visited on the children to the third and fourth generation? Do you realize that if you don't stand firm in faith right here, right now, your children ultimately are going to pay and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. And we see that in the perversity uh, of our present times. Do we not? Yeah, absolutely. I, my, my mind goes to when I gave my life to Christ, you know, I did it more out of a, it was just that that time, and I think a lot of Christians can speak to that that moment in time where they're like, a, something comes over them, and it's like, okay, I'm changed. But 
It's in all the years, and it's been a few since then. I gave my life to Christ when I was about 28, 29, um, that you learn to trust by stepping into the word. And and I guess the thing that I think about now on this side of that choice is I couldn't imagine anything different because it's such a rock-solid place to, to be, to choose to trust in the Lord, in his word, in his promises, um, versus trusting what's at the shopping mall. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> this is, this is kind of silly. So I accepted Jesus on January 10th, 2004, at uh, Cracker Barrel in Gary, Indiana. And now I'm not really living for him. And one of the reasons is because I was a Jew who was coming to Christ, and um, I couldn't really find a church. And so I'm praying that God would help me find a church that just teaches the Word. And honestly, I, I just looked, thought about this this morning. I didn't even think about it at the time. I was driving down the street, and I saw uh, a big sign for a building, and it said, Word Church. <laughs> well, And because I wasn't looking at things through the lens of faith, and because I didn't understand how to like see that God will work in your life, you ask him for a church that just teaches the Word, and then you see a sign that like says right Word there. Church. And to be honest, I just drove up the freeway and, and probably kept thinking, man, I just got to find a church. Well, and there are jokes and stories. I know what comes to mind is the, the movie Bruce Almighty, which I absolutely love. And he's sitting there asking God for a sign. I need a sign. And there he's yeah. driving, and there's a truck with all road signs. <laughs> Stop, go back, <laughs> turn around. Yeah, it's like the guy on the desert island yeah. who prays that he'll be saved, and a helicopter comes. And he says, no, I don't need you. I'm, I'm, God's going to help me. Yeah. And then a boat comes, and he says, no, I don't need you. God's going to help me. Yeah. And eventually he dies, and he ends up at, uh, in heaven at the pearly gates. And he says, uh, why didn't you save me? And God is like, I sent a helicopter. I sent, <laughs> I sent a, a boat. boat. <laughs> yeah. So, friends, the word of God is what gives us peace in this turmoil. It's what calms the storm. Remember in the storm when Jesus calmed it, he said, O ye of little faith yeah. to the apostles. And so these are turbulent times. And again, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that you may never have asked yourself some of these questions and to spend some time with them will help. So I've noticed that we occupy a lot of our time uh, with our phones, on the car radio and with TV. And it's sometimes hard to turn off all the noise and to just spend some time thinking about what you truly believe. So let me ask you this. Do you trust God's word? Reflect on that. We'll be right back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance 
and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. It's springtime. We're thinking about what we believe, and I'm asking some difficult questions. Question one was, do you see yourself at the shopping mall or do you see yourself on a spiritual battlefield? And I'm not being melodramatic. When you turn on the news and you look around as messed up as things are, I'm asking you to just consider, hey, am I in my car thinking everything's okay, hoping everything's going to be okay, and just kind of sort of burying my head in the sand? Or am I ready to take my place on the spiritual battlefield, lean forward in faith with the full armor of God, and start talking to people about my Jesus? Am I ready to read the Bible, see what it says, see what the Holy Spirit says for me, specifically, uniquely, and go and do that? And so, in order to uh, bring change into our lives to be more who we want to be, we're asking these questions And as I said, I accepted Jesus in 2004, but I don't think I was really living for him. I don't think things really changed. And this culminated in April of 2015, April 4th to be precise, at Easter. And I was at this biblical village. It's a recreation of a biblical village in LaGrange, Georgia. And they were having a Passover ceremony, and it was to show how Christianity comes from Judaism and how Jesus' Last Supper was the Passover. And there were about 40 people gathered around this tour guide, and then we were going to take seats, and we were going to have a Passover uh, supper. And the tour guide said, would anybody like to pray? And I said nothing. I wasn't speaking for Jesus. I wasn't stepping forward in faith. I didn't understand it. I didn't know it. I figured I'm a Jew. What right do I have to come here and pray with Christians? And all of this convoluted nonsense I was telling myself in my head, as opposed to the simplicity of just stepping forward. And eventually, after an embarrassingly quiet time, another man stepped forward and he said grace. And I swore at that time I would never miss an opportunity to speak for Jesus. And that brings us to question three. If you believe we exist on a spiritual battlefield, and if you trust God's word, do you live and speak those beliefs? Can people see them on you? Because in 
April of 2015, I don't think they could see them on me. But on April 5th, they could, because I would never miss that opportunity. So the enemy is out in the open. On the spiritual battlefield, he's in everything. And my question for Christians is, are you? What do we got to lose at this point? Yeah. So are are you living out your faith? Are you living out your faith? Put it this way, a guy you love, A.W. Tozer, I quoted this on the show a few weeks ago. He put it like this. He said, Christianity engages to bring God into human life, to make men right with God, to give them a heart knowledge of God, to teach them to love and obey God, and ultimately to restore in them the lost image of God in full and everlasting perfection. I'm not talking about playing church. I'm not talking about saying the right things to the right people and praise you, bless you, bless your little heart and stuff like that. I'm talking serious faith on a battlefield, clad in the full armor of God, which you would not need if it wasn't a battlefield, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of truth. This is serious. And on this battlefield, are we shaping them or are they shaping us? think I love A.W. Tozer so much because he is speaking to what is real. And interestingly enough, I mean, the things that you're reading, he wrote years ago. And it's just in the late questions, fi- in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, those questions still apply today. But he, he just gets to the heart of the matter and kind of it's almost like even though there's words on paper, he's staring you right in the face going, hey, what, what are you yeah. doing here? So let me slow myself down because I get very excited in this conversation, and let's kind of recap a little bit. As we look around, we can't escape the pain and suffering in this world. When we turn on the TV or if you look at your phone and the news and you just see these things going on, it has to break your heart. And so in that first question, are we at the shopping mall or do we realize that we are actually warriors on a battlefield? And then you say, okay, if I'm a warrior on a battlefield, what are my orders? What are my rules of engagement? How do I behave? How do I conduct myself? How do I fight? Remember, Scripture says our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the forces of evil, the right. principalities. Yeah. And so it's not with this person here who cut me off in traffic or this person who thinks politically differently from me or sexually differently from me. My struggle is not with them. My struggle is two or three layers behind them as that particular scene is acted out on the stage. My struggle is with the forces behind the curtain. Yeah. And so as I ask, if I'm a warrior on this battlefield, how do I conduct myself so as to do good and glorify God, then you end up saying, I've got the word, I've got the Bible, I've got the writing in black and white. Yeah, the the thing that always comes to me, and at least this is how I try to live my life, far from perfect, never will be perfect, but is to lead by example. So the question is, is what is the example given in the Bible? And, you know, I myself in 2015 kind of had a turning point and had to look in the Bible and go, am, am I living by what this black and white word says? And the mirror said no. And I too found a church and I started making uh, changes. But I, I think you've, you've got to get to that place. 
right? You, you and you've got to look in the okay. mirror and then then say, okay, what does the word say to do? Because otherwise, it kind of seems like this big nebulous thing and maybe a little bit overwhelming. Okay, so you like to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. If you're doing things right, and if you're in the Word, and if the Word is in your heart, and it's coming out through you such that you could actually speak it and live it, then you would know the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, forbearance. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness gentleness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you feel those things in your heart? Do you feel centered and at peace? Do you feel loving? Do you feel kindness? Are you angry? Are you gritting your teeth? Are your knuckles white from the steering wheel? And if that's the case, all good. I get it. It's hard. But then we have to say, what does Scripture say? Scripture says things like, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we take Jesus' yoke upon us, and that means we just do what he does. It's like Simon says. He says, jump, you say, how high? And then we stop making all these little decisions on a daily basis on the spiritual battlefield where we're getting provoked, and we just say, what does Jesus say? He says, pay my taxes. I know, but I hate the IRS. Okay, fine. Just pay your taxes. They're not the problem. They're people doing a job for the government. Okay. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Roger that. Next. Move on. In some ways, it makes it easier for us. Because... It makes it so much easier. <laughs> well, simpler, not necessarily simpler, easy. easy. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, sorry, you're going to say. No, that's okay. Go ahead. All right. So we talked about engagement. We talked about if you believe those rules of engagement, if you believe the black and white. Now, are you leaning forward in your faith? And I've got this that I'd like to read you again. Engagement happens through you and me when we bring Jesus into every situation with integrity, according to the word of the Bible and not some Burger King type faith where we want to have it our way. And I just did something you maybe are never supposed to do. I'm quoting myself because I wrote that. Okay, I raised my hand, put myself (laughs) on report. But that's what comes to me because it's not what you think. It's what he thinks. And I told the story a couple weeks ago how I said I'm not interested in uh, the opinions of the world. And then I had this major realization and I said, wow, I'm not even interested in my own opinion. I'm tired of the stories I tell myself. I just want to know what God's opinion is. And so a Christian is a person who follows the teachings of Christ. Either we follow or we don't. And it's not that we're going to be perfect and we won't make mistakes, but our hearts must be set on Christ. And we must back that up with a sincere effort to know his teachings and then to do them. Because one thing I believe with all my heart, having been on a battlefield, I can tell you this. Nice means nothing. Loving Jesus is not about being nice. Nice is nonsense. What we're doing on this battlefield is love. It means saying hard things. It means living out hard truth. It means self-sacrificing love. It means serving, doing things for the greater good. And there's no place for nice in that. Nice is how we got here. So we are on our way to the fourth question. And I'll give it to you just before we go to break and ask you to consider it. And it's this. 
If you have this vision of the battlefield, you're not at the mall, you've decided you're on the battlefield, you're a warrior, and you are uh, reading the Bible, and you're understanding your rules of engagement, and you're leaning forward in faith, you have a vision of this battlefield, right? Yeah. What it means to your children, the fact that it's acted out politically and socially, and it's not about these people, it's about the forces of evil behind these people. So you've got all of that solid in your head. The next thing you do is you start preparing yourself for that battlefield. So when I knew I was deploying again to Afghanistan and I'm taking a new team and I had just come home from 13 months in Iraq, I knew what it looked like. And the first thing I did every afternoon is I would go into the the secret area and I would read after action reports from what was going on in Afghanistan at that time. So I really had a concrete understanding of what was going on in my particular area of Afghanistan where we were going to be based. And then each day for four months, our preparation was based on that. Makes sense. Our um, vision shaped our preparation. So what I'm going to ask you is if you have this vision of real faith, of wearing the full armor of God and walking on a spiritual battlefield, then how are you preparing yourself, your children, and your house for that deployment? Very good and important question. Stay with us, friends. We'll talk about it more in the last segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com. Huntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking about change. Springtime, life, blossoming, leaves, green, change. Sunshine, godly change. And we've said uh, that there are four questions that I was hoping you would ask yourselves As we prepare for a series beginning two weeks from today uh, called Boot Camp, and we're going to go through some very concrete things that will help you 
to bring about godly change and then um, live it out. For example, we'll do an exercise on values. Yep. And we've conducted this boot camp uh, with uh, different organizations. It's very well received. And so if we can think about these questions now, and then next week as we talk about Easter, I'm going to ask you to just give your heart over to the love of God and the work that was done by his son Jesus on the cross. And then we'll get into how we'll make our lives more the way he wants us to be. Yeah, I see it as an opportunity for just focused uh, renewal of the mind, renewal of the heart, and drawing closer to Christ. It's it's just such, such an opportunity. It really is. I'm going to ask you to have a pencil and paper um, if... You're not driving, of course, because <laughs> uh, I want to repeat these four questions to you. The first one is, do you see yourself at the shopping mall or do you see yourself on a spiritual battlefield? And the second question was, do you trust the word of God? The third question was, if you believe that we exist on a spiritual battlefield and you trust God's word, do you live and speak those beliefs? Are you leaning forward in your faith? Does your faith compel you? Does it shape all of your perspectives about everything else? And as we went to break, I talked about how I had a very concrete vision of what was going to be required of my team in Afghanistan, and we prepared for that rigorously every day. And so if you have a vision of the things we're talking about, then how are you preparing Fathers, as the spiritual heads of your household, how are you preparing? And that's the fourth question. And that's the fourth question. Um, uh, wives, how are you supporting your husband as the spiritual head of the household in the preparations you make, uh, the teaching of your children? Uh, Pastor Brad Flurry was a guest on the show a couple weeks ago, and he talked about dinner time at their yeah. house, and he would ask the kids questions about their school day. And then he would ask them, where do you see Jesus in this? I love that question. And it's a brilliant uh, leadership technique because he's teaching them to look at the world through the lens of faith. Yeah. And so you're not going to be as upset when things happen because the Bible tells us things will happen. Right. And you're not going to react uh, angrily because the Bible tells us anger does not fulfill the righteousness of God. And so how are you preparing your household? Because that vision that you have should be directly connected to your preparations. Over the last few months, we've looked at these stories from the news through the lens of faith. And that is one of the preparations that you do. Because it, it, we talked about polishing the lens through which you looked at the world. And that's done with prayer, and it's done with practice, and it's done by reading the Bible and so if you believe that we live on a spiritual battlefield, and if you believe that uh, the Word of God, as inspired by him, written in the Bible, should shape everything you do, and if you're leaning forward with your actions and your words, then does that change how you look at things? The thing that's coming to mind is, you know, from an applicable standpoint of what we're talking about here, it's... Not as simple as this, but it, you could utilize this in your in your preparation and your thinking is thinking about if you happen to wear glasses or you put your sunglasses on or whatever, you're just changing the glasses so that you can see things differently. If I don't like 
what I'm looking out and seeing right now, those fruits of the spirit. It might be my lenses. It might be my lenses. So let's go get another pair of glasses. And, and that's a on. great point because the lenses of a person who is at the shopping mall will be different than the lenses Absolutely. of a person who are polished in faith. And so, friends, if you got that piece of paper out, I'd like to ask you to copy down a phone number because this show is supported by donors. And we can say what we want on this show, and we don't have to answer to other interests as long as it's true, necessary, and kind, and according to Scripture. And we do that because we are supported by you, our listeners. So if you'd like to support the show, please text to give to 281 800 Four nine four zero, again, two eight one eight hundred four nine four zero, and that lets us stay on the air to be here for you. And that is our heart's desire, and that's the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth, because as you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion, and we do this to make sure we're not on our own program. Living sure. out the world according to Rich and Christy, we want to make sure that we understand that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And today, our moment of truth comes from Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, which I alluded to earlier, and they say this, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. And friends, that's particularly true of us. We are without excuse. God has made it plain to us. His invisible qualities were manifested by His Son, Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we believe that. We believe that all things were created through Christ and that in Him we're restored to God. Looking around at the blooming life, taking hold of the winter, cold, and darkness, we know that in Christ, no matter how dark and cold things look, there is abundant life. And so, as Christians, we're held to a higher standard. We are certainly without excuse. And in our call to Christ, we are also cautioned, as I mentioned in the beginning, from whom much is given, much is expected, and from whom much is entrusted, even more will be asked. So, I understand this is a perverse world, and yet we occupy a special place in it. As Christians, we're holy priests and warriors, Either we'll be serious about the opportunity that we have in Jesus Christ, or we'll watch the world around us falling apart as we do nothing, or as we wait for our elected officials to do something. And none of that works. We have a special and sacred trust. The evidence is there. If you turn on the news for five minutes, you'll see it. You'll see in the commercials which relentlessly advertise drugs for depression and anxiety, which in the absence of God, rule over us. You'll see it in stories about division and isolation and anger and hate and sadness. And so let me ask you these four questions again. Do you see yourself at the shopping mall or do you see yourself as a warrior on a spiritual battlefield? 
And do you trust God's word where he tells you you're a warrior on a spiritual battlefield? And do you live and speak your beliefs? Because we know by the Great Commission, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And finally, if all of that is true, for what are you preparing your house? As Joshua said in chapter 24, verse 15, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So friends, spring is all around us. Nature's changing before our eyes. The heart of that change is the season and the root system that gives strength to the plants, the flowers, and the trees. And as Christians, though hard, this is our season. And Jesus is the source of our growth. John chapter 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I think it's so important to focus on that fruit. And again, just a reminder that if if there's something uncertain, unsettled, you're not wherever you are on your journey, then look at what your life is producing. And if it's not aligning with the fruits of the Spirit that we talked about earlier and listed earlier, then it is time for change. And it's it may be new, it may be different, but I mean, think about how beautiful spring is. And right. what comes from that change, uh, I'm always thinking with regards to change, a butterfly. You know, a butterfly isn't kind of an ugly worm. Uh, it gets through the chrysalis, it struggles, it grows, and it's this beautiful thing. Well, as you said this morning, we were chatting in the car, and Christy says, either you will change or you will resist change, and change will be forced upon you. True. And I think that's very true because I forget who, uh, which of our guests said it, but he says, God will force you to answer the question of, do you trust him? Yeah. So change is good if that change brings us closer to God. If we remain focused on Christ, if we can be honest with ourselves, and if we can make friends with the season of hardship that will help us each to grow, we will be closer to God. And that's courageous Christianity. So friends, four difficult questions vulnerability involved in just bringing yourself to them without defense and saying, am I this or am I that? Can I work here? Can I work there? And as I'm admitting fully, I spent over, I would say, 10 years believing in Jesus, a Jew who came to Jesus because of God's work, his call on my life, but not really living for him. So if we can just answer that call, with all the love that he has for us, and then with intentionality. We'll be the warriors on the battlefield that he wants us to be. Amen. So, friends, thanks for joining us today. I hope you'll join us each and every week, and especially for Easter next week and the coming weeks for our boot camp series here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word, in Houston, Texas, at kkht.com, on your favorite podcast app, or on CourageousChristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.